Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue's secret scrimmage is in the book, so when, as if that matters, and now the Boilermakers enter the final prep for their exhibition and the start of the season. Let's talk about that on Golden Black Radio, plus a little football as well as the Boilermakers come off the bye to host Iowa on Saturday. Kyle Charters here with Brian Uber, Tom Deanhart in a couple of minutes. Seems appropriate here on Halloween to talk secret scrimmages and <laughs> the Boilermakers beat Cincinnati. Again, I don't know that the final score matters at all, but uh, we can talk about it a little bit, at least uh, from what Brian has gathered uh, over the weekend, uh, not, of course, being able to be at this secret scrimmage. We'll get a chance to see Purdue uh, not in secret, but on Wednesday in the exhibition. Uh, from what you know, uh, Brian, it seems like you know playing Cincinnati, a team that is is you know maybe a little bit Big Ten-like in that they're physical and usually pretty big and play dirty hard defensively, play play dirty. Uh, yeah, uh, all yeah, those I, things. I, I should. I don't know. I, I know. I, just know, I know what you mean. I, I just know that. Yeah. I just know they're always tough. Right. Maybe that's the better word. Um, you know, it seems like a good opportunity for Purdue, obviously, and at least from. Uh, reading what you wrote uh, from the things that you heard sounded like it was probably a good experience for Purdue. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point, you know. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that uh, you schedule these things for the experience, not for the outcome. And I think you know when you have a couple of freshman guards, you know, who've never played a college game before, who you're going to rely on heavily this season. And uh, you're a Penn team who's going to have to acclimate to very physical play with a team that's pretty different from the last couple of teams you've, you've had out there. I, I think part of the reason, you know, Purdue's been drawn to the West Virginias of the world is just how hard right. they play, how physical they are, how much pressure they put on you, things like that. And I think Cincinnati, you know, kind of cut from the same cloth here. Um, so, uh, that you know, Purdue wanted the experience and Purdue, you know, got that experience should have been a positive one for Braden Smith and Fletcher lawyer, especially. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. For those two guys, I mean, you're going to be playing a lot with two guards out there. It seems pretty evident that each of them is going to play a pretty significant role this year. And in fact, both of them started uh, in that, in that secret scrimmage, um, pretty good test for two guys that are going to, have so much influence on on what Purdue is able to do this year, um, and you know, at, at two, not that not that in a five man uh, lineup anybody is less important, but uh, the guard spot's pretty critical uh, to say the least. Well, the people who have the ball in their hands are always you know more important yeah. than the people who don't have the ball in their hands. And when the people who have the ball in their hands are really young and have no experience, it tends to show up a lot more. Uh, It's got to be one of the great insecurities college coaches have being really young in their backcourts. And, you know, I I think Purdue really likes these two guys, loves these two guys. Mm -hmm. 
but I think obviously there's no way around the inexperience issue. So anything you can do to fast track their developments uh, is optimal. And I think the non-conference schedule, you know, between the Cincinnati scrimmage and the uh, way the sorry, I'm putting my shoes on, the way the non-conference <laughs> schedule just happened to fall in terms of like the Big Ten ACC draw and the Gavitt Games draw, where you get Florida State, Marquette, respectively, on top of you know having some other teams that are going to try to apply some pressure, West Virginia and Portland. Um, that's something that can maybe help them along a little bit faster than if you were just playing teams that, you know, maybe don't mm-hmm. do it as much of that stuff. Uh, so I think the non-conference season, the schedule, the parts that Purdue didn't have a whole lot of control over, I think they broke pretty favorably in the context of what Purdue has to do in November. Right. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more hoops with Brian. Uh, we'll do that on Golden Black Radio. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist with decades of experience in Indiana agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. Looking to start a new holiday tradition? Thanksgiving officially marks the start of Sand Valley Pursuits season. Spend quality time indulging in a chef-driven menu complete with craft cocktails and homemade pie. To reserve your experience today, call 866 976 1069 or visit sandvalleypursuits.com. All right, Brian, we uh, we recorded our preseason preview basketball hoops podcast special. A season preview. We're <laughs> not here. previewing the preseason. We're previewing the season. That's, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, race. Race for the cure. Uh, um. And I ask you in that, you know, who you thought the starters would be, sort of bounce back and forth between, you know, whether it be Fletcher Lawyer or uh, or Brandon Newman. Um, Newman ends up being the, the, the leading scorer, I think, right? Or oh, he had more minutes than yeah. Lawyer in, in the Trey game. Coffee Lawyer ends up the starting. leading scorer. Newman yeah. played I, uh, more minutes than Lawyer. I think he might have played more minutes than anybody else, too. Right. Um, so, you know, in that preview, we sort of bounced back and forth. Maybe we know a little bit more now. Uh, it doesn't seem like you're surprised that Purdue, uh, at least in, in this scrimmage, went with a, uh, a two-freshman backcourt. No, I, I, I kind of figured that's what they'd do. Uh, I wasn't certain. Yeah. So I kind of couched it, and I, I didn't know whether it be Lawyer or Newman. Um, I don't know how much it matters. You know, it's okay for – you know, Purdue to have six or seven starters. That's been the case a couple of times before. Now, if yeah. some of those guys aren't playing great, you know, come the start of December, then, uh, you know, things can change a little bit on the minute scale and things like that. But it's okay for good players to be coming off the bench. I think Purdue's going to have good players come off the bench all year because I think, you know, there's a possibility that, like, Caleb First is one of their three or four best players, and he's – you know, probably going to be coming off the bench, not because he's not good enough to be a starter, certainly, but because of he's got Zach Eady at his position in front of him. And you have to also be mindful of 
what combinations work best and things like that. So having him come in as a distinctly different look from Zach Eady with maybe a player in Trey mm-hmm. Kaufman-Ren who he complement each other really well, whereas Mason Gillis complements Zach Eady really well. Um, I think that's a sustainable model and something that, uh, you know, if, if people are worried about Caleb first, you know, being good enough to be a starter and being one of Purdue's better players not starting, I, I think that's something that's a secondary issue to what's best for, uh, you know, Purdue as a team. Um, so I think Purdue, again, whether it's Fletcher Lawyer or Brandon Newman coming off the bench, it, it's that's kind of basketball. Um, yeah. So just because, you know, not to sound like a coach here, but just because a guy doesn't start the game doesn't mean he can't finish the game, doesn't mean he can't play starter-type minutes. And um, I think that's going to be a dynamic again for Purdue this year. Yeah, Purdue is deep again. I mean, it, it, there were points last year where maybe Purdue's depth was a hindrance at times. I mean, it's just, you know, trying to play 10 guys is is probably too many, um, which Matt Painter then adjusted to, you know, at the expense of, of Brandon Newman getting minutes late in the season, produced probably, again, nine deep. I mean, it, it would be hard to play less than nine guys this season, I mean, it feels like, if everybody's healthy. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I mean, depth isn't depth until depth is proven. And you still have guys on this team who haven't done a whole lot uh, in their college careers and haven't done a whole lot in the roles they're going to play this year. So it's not like you have 10 guys coming back from last year's team who are all proven and set to do the exact same thing they did last year. Uh, I think last year's depth was much more proven coming into the season because you were looking at Jaden Ivey as what you got in the back half of his freshman year and not uh, in the totality of his freshman year. You knew what he was going to be you know, kind of things like that. Uh, whereas, whereas, uh, whereas this year you've got the, you've got the, the Ethan Morton's transitioning into a much bigger role. Now yeah. you've got the Trey Coffin friends coming out of red shirt. You've got the Brian Waddell's coming out of red shirt. Uh, you've got the, the two true freshmen who you feel pretty good about, but you still haven't seen do anything when the games matter, uh, when the games count. Um, so it's, it's going to kind of be one of those things where, you know, Purdue might have a lot of names on a piece of paper, and that might look like depth, but until that depth proves itself as, you know, quality quality depth, uh, you kind of have to wait and see. But that's a good problem to have. I mean, you'd rather have uh, too many good players than a bunch of bad players, right? I mean, that's 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 sort of uh, that's sort of why coaches that's sort of why coaches make the big bucks here is to sort out. Uh, a to get good players, and then B to figure it out. And I, I mm-hmm. think having to figure it out is the first step toward having a good team. One of those guys who has not yet proven himself on a college court, uh, though my feeling is he he might be able to do so, is Trey Kaufman. Ran. Uh, he's pretty good, right? I mean, it seems like this guy's pretty good, especially now healthy. He's a good player. Yeah. What Purdue needs, this they've got a lot of connective tissue on this roster, uh, to use an anatomical term. They have a lot of guys who are going to want to move the ball. They have a lot of willing passers and ball sharers and things like that. What you need is you need guys who are 
going to be able to finish plays and you know sort of put the ball in the basket. And I think Trey Kaufman-Wren's scoring ability can really help this team uh, now. Uh, that that's an important need. I think Caleb First can be a, can be a finisher too, uh, as well as a very willing passer. But I think Kaufman-Wren gives them something you know they haven't really had in a while in terms of that second low post scorer who's not a center. Well, he might technically be playing center, but he's more of a yeah. He's more of a he's more of a matchup hunter at forward. Where if he's going up against a forward or a center who's bigger than him, he can go past them. He can he can drive past them. Right. He can he can do a lot of different things. He can pull up over them. But if he's on somebody who's bigger, or I'm sorry, I, I lost track of where I am with. With the matchups here, if he's on somebody smaller, he can bully him. He he can back him yeah. down. If he's on somebody bigger, he can drive past him, he can shoot over him, stuff like yeah. that. He's got a very diverse uh, low post scoring skill set, and I think that's something that can that can really be, be put to good use here for Purdue. But that's on the coaches as much as it's on him playing well. But that's up to Purdue designing offense when he and Caleb first are on the floor together to get him touches, to get Caleb first touches, to play to both of those guys' strengths. And I think yeah. that's going to be something really interesting to watch in November. How much are they able to isolate those guys in positions where they can best put their scoring skill sets to good use? Exhibition this week, then the season gets started uh, a week later. We will have that season preview basketball hoops special podcast that we will drop after midnight late tonight early on november 1st uh to get you all set for the season brian thank you have a have a very quiet rest of your uh october 31st thank you all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll bring in tom talk a little bit of football with him. We will do that coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill Industrial Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. The warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com.
Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Rested and uh, recovered from the bye week, Tom Deanhart on the podcast. Hey, Tom. Um, good week for Purdue, obviously, but now four games in four weeks and four big ones. We know the drill here. Purdue can run the table and uh, get a Big Ten West championship and play a big game down there in Indianapolis. Sounds easy to say. Might not be quite as easy in execution. No. Canned, rested, and ready back from Aruba. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, but I'm ready. Like you said, uh, here we are, the stretch run, buddy. This is it. November begins, and uh, you laid it out, you know, a lot on the line for Purdue here. Everything to play for, right? The Big Ten West Championship is still on the table. Probably a tall task to go 4-0 in November, but who knows, right? Of course, Purdue gets his first crack to go 4-0 Saturday at home against Iowa team. Um, the Boilermakers have sort of been the personal tormentor of under Jeff Brom. Uh, he's really had great success winning the last two. And, of course, last year in Iowa City to be the number two team in the country is a crazy game. So, yeah, hopefully for Jeff Brom's sake and Purdue's sake, they got healthy over this bye week, got refocused, and can uh, make, make a good run here in November. It's hard to believe now looking back that Spencer Petrus was the quarterback of the number two team in the country, but but he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was, that's for sure. Uh, Purdue can actually go. I, I was thinking about this over the weekend, Tom. Purdue actually could go three and one probably in November as long as the one loss isn't to Illinois and as long as Illinois then also loses to Michigan and as long as Wisconsin also does not go four and zero in the month. But it seems less likely that that scenario uh, would come to fruition. Uh, Purdue a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa, uh, maybe a little bit more narrow uh, a spread than what I would have anticipated. But the Hawkeyes played a little bit better over the weekend in a win against Northwestern. Now it was Northwestern. Many people, I think, looking at that Wildcat team, feeling like maybe it's one of the worst Big Ten teams like in a long time, which just seems... <laughs> Unreasonable to say about a Pat Fitzgerald coach team, but man, they are just not very good. Um, but Iowa was a little bit better. I mean, a little bit more competent offensively against that Wildcat team. And certainly the Hawkeyes, you know, considering that, that Purdue has sort of had their number here recently, considering Purdue has two of their players from last year that have made a big difference for the Boilermakers and sort of hampered that team over there a little bit. I mean, it seems like this will be a pretty motivated Iowa team. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, Northwestern could be one of the worst Big Ten teams and one of those Daryl Hazel teams, huh? One of those teams you got to cover, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, just a tough year for Pat Fitzgerald. But you're right, I was, I was coming in here with a little mojo, 33 points. Let's get Brian Terrence a raise, right? Um, just a watershed <laughs> of points for Iowa. So, uh, we all know the, the well-documented issues Iowa's had on offense this year. Uh, it's been a lot of. It's been a real struggle for them to get anything going consistently. Although Kyle, you do know, Purdue's had its issues on defense when it comes to stopping the pass. So, sure, maybe the much maligned Spencer Petrus is going to be licking his chops maybe a little bit. And I guess that brings me to some of the 
personnel for Purdue and how healthy it really is. You know, we'll find out more here shortly, maybe. But, of course, Corey Trice and Jamari Brown both left that game in Wisconsin with injuries. What's going to be their availability on Saturday? We'll be interested to find out. I'm also interested to find out if maybe there isn't just personnel shuffling among healthy players. Will Cam Allen still be a starter? Does Purdue have a better alternative than Cam Allen? I don't know. So, again, we all know the issues he's had in coverage and when it comes to tackling with consistency as well. And also on the defense, too, Kydron Jenkins, their best pass rusher, of course, left the game at Madison with a knee issue. He, he wanted to play, Kyle, but they, they, they held him out. Uh, what I'm hearing is it could be a long shot that he gets on the field Saturday. He's going to do all he can to do it, but uh, we may not really find out about number 44 until game time. So those are some big personnel issues to watch defensively for Purdue. And then offensively, I think, will we finally see Brock Thompson? Uh, that'll yeah. be interesting to find out. And then um, I think Dylan Downing will be back to give some more relief to Devin Mockaby and add him to the mix. King DeRue, to a running back. Yeah, and to produce secondary, uh, the Boilermakers not covering well and not tackling well, which yeah. that combination seems to be a problem. In your, in your secondary, uh, if if ever let's say that everyone is healthy, do you think that Purdue makes some changes as far as where it's got guys playing? Possibly, I think for sure you're going to see Bryce Hampton and Sanusi Kane, who are really safeties by trade. I think you're going to first see those guys get some work at cornerback. Maybe maybe one of them has to start. Like like I said, we'll find out about. Uh, Trice and Brown. Brown, of course, has not been a starter. Reese Taylor's been the other starter with Corey Trice. But still, Jeff Brown even talked about needing maybe to use Sanusi Kane at cornerback. And, of course, like I said, um, uh, Bryce Hampton. So that's something to keep on your radar. And, and again, for Cam Allen, I mean, maybe a guy like Bryce Hampton gets a chance to start with Sanusi Kane in safety. I don't know. I just think there's a real frustration level that that's kind of boiled over at this point. Um, would the staff really feel comfortable, Kyle, playing? Hampton instead of Cam Allen. Again, you look over your shoulder at the bench and you go, well, who are we going to put in? So yeah. uh, the depth there isn't fantastic. And I want to find out, too, about T. Denson. I know he's trying to get on the field. He's a cornerback, of course, in Kansas State. He was yet to play. But last time I asked Jeff Rahm about him, it sounded like it was a long shot. But maybe maybe he's at the point where they can see him in November. So that would be a heck of a lift to that secondary if for some reason they could get him. And, and I guess, you know, not to keep belaboring the injuries, but they always are a big part of every team come November. On offense, Ben Furtney, the fullback, got hurt, probably going to be out. And he was, he was kind of a key blocker in a lot of short yardage situations. And Paul Perry, I think, was hurt as well. So and then that, that, <laughs> he's got no Paul Perry maybe with no Garrett Miller. Payne Durham's already playing a lot of snaps. Who would be the, the number two tight end when we see, you know, uh, you know, some other backup who's, who's hardly played this year, you know, Drew Bibber, um, Ben Beekle. So, again, that's something else to keep on everybody's radar, too. I think Brock Thompson's return, if he is able to come back, and he does come back healthy, could be huge for Purdue's offense. I, I, I don't know if you think this as well. I, I just don't feel like Purdue's receivers are getting a lot of separation. Like, I mean, Aiden O'Connell, the windows for Aiden O'Connell to throw into – are extremely narrow, even with Charlie Jones, I think. I don't know that 
Mm-hmm. I don't know that he gets a ton of separation either. It does feel to me like, you know, the, from what we've seen from Brock Thompson when he has been healthy, that he has been able to gain some separation uh, from from defenders. And, man, I, you know, a complimentary player, if he could become a complimentary player out there to, 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 to Jones, might make a huge difference for Purdue's offense, which has labored at times and certainly has turned the ball over more than you'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt when you saw it in Madison with the three interceptions, that was Aiden O'Connell's worst game of the year, I think. And there's no doubt Brock Thompson would be a nice relief valve, if you will, give that offense another option in the passing game. And you're exactly right, Kyle. There has been a little separation this year. And um, I'm not sure if Brock's going to be able to make it. I always sort of kind of get mixed, mixed, I guess, um, input, if you will, uh, if he's going to be ready or not, maybe a long shot. I guess I'm still leaning to him, probably not playing, but maybe we'll be surprised. But there's no doubt if we get even an 80% Brock Thompson, that will be a nice addition to Charlie Jones, who we all know has been laboring with injury all year. Charlie's practicing. And, of course, TJ Sheffield, Deion Burks, and, uh, you know, know, those type of guys. Tyrone Tracy, too. Of course, speaking of Tyrone Tracy, you mentioned Charlie Jones, too. Those are going to be big storylines all week, right? The Iowa transfers at Purdue, especially Charlie Jones. I'm sure we're not going to get to talk to Charlie this week. Nobody will, but that's going to be one of the first, you know, storylines that have everybody's mouth all week is Charlie Jones is going to play his old team, Iowa, and the impact he's had at Purdue has been well documented, and um, he's going to have to be jacked out of his mind to play the Hawkeyes, I would think. And Kyle, I think the Iowa defense is going to be jacked out of its mind to play Charlie Jones, too. Yeah, I would expect so. Hey, thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for our podcast for today. Again, a reminder, we'll have that basketball season preview podcast will drop uh, very early on uh, November 1st, so be sure to look out for that. Subscribe to Gold and Black Radio via your favorite podcast app. Just search Gold and Black Radio. Leave us a comment and a five-star review as well. All right, that'll do it uh, for the podcast for this Monday. Thanks to our sponsors, as always, for Brian Newbert and Tom Deanhart. I'm Tyler Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.